Philippians 2. I just want to read one really, or just one verse I just felt has been so strong, I've been so meditating on, I think it's... I just want to really just... I want to get a hold of this truth. Because I think if we get a hold of this truth, it can really do amazing things in our life. Just one phrase, and I think it's such an important phrase. Philippians 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do, for his good pleasure. Let's read that again. I need to get a hold of it. It's God. What does he do? He works where? In you. And what does he work in you? So that you are able to do his will and his good pleasure. That's what you get a hold of. God works in you so that you are able to fulfill his purpose and his plan for your life. Can you see that? In other words, every single one of us has a destiny. Every single one of us has an assignment that God has given each one of us. Every one of us, okay? Every single person has been given an assignment by God. How many would agree with that? Is that right? Every single one of us. God says, I've got an assignment for you. I've got a purpose for you. It's for my good pleasure. It's for my will. Now, here's the amazing thing. God does not expect you to fulfill that in your own power and your own strength. So this scripture tells us that God works in us to enable us, to empower us, to do his good pleasure and to do his will. Isn't that wonderful? So God puts an assignment on your life and every single one of us has got that. But here's the key. The only way we ever really accomplish that assignment, the only way we fulfill that purpose is by allowing the power of God that works in us to enable us to do it. So it's really dependent on how much we allow God to fulfill us, to, to, to enable us to fulfill that assignment and our destiny in our life. How many things are made that God's working in you? But it's not just to give you a nice feeling, not just to make you feel good about yourself. He's working in you to enable you, to empower you to fulfill his good pleasure. Ephesians 2 verse 10. You know what it says there? It says, we are his workmanship. Wow. I think that's amazing. We are his workmanship. One translation says, we are his masterpiece. Amen? You can turn to the person next to you and say, I'm a masterpiece. And you're God's masterpiece. Now, here's the point. You can actually, if people question that, say, well, I'm not the end product yet. You know what I mean? And, and God's working in you. And if you read that verse, it says, we are God's workmanship created for good works that he prepared before the foundation of the world. Isn't that awesome? So before the foundation of the world, God had an assignment. And so he, he creates in you. He works you into a masterpiece so that you can fulfill the good works that he prepared before the foundation of the world. Now you're not saved by good works, you're saved for good works. How you can see that? To do something awesome and amazing for him. But here's what it's all about. It's all about the forces that work within us. And if we don't understand the forces that work within us, we'll never fulfil his assignment. We'll never really fulfil the plan of God for our life 
unless we understand the forces that work within us. And I just wonder, and it's a challenge to all of us, how many are really throughout our lives, and, it, and these assignments often is a step-by-step thing, how many of us will be able to look back at the end of our lives and say, I fulfilled the assignment and the plan that God had for my life. So your assignment is not anybody else's assignment. Your assignment is specifically made for you. It fits you absolutely exactly. Because God has specifically set you aside for assignment. Now I just want to think about the forces that, that, that work within us. The Holy Spirit is in us and he's energising us. Now, I just want to look at that word there. He works. Because the, the Greek word for work is the word energise. That's, that's where we get our word energise from. The Greek word work is where we get the word energize. And that's, let me give you a definition of that word. It's important you understand. He works in it. The definition of the word works means to be active, to be efficient, to be mighty, to rouse into activity so that you will do the things that please him. So let me give a translation of that verse. It's God who energizes you, energizes you into activity so that you will choose to do the things that please him. So the Holy Spirit in you is energising you. I mean, do you remember that advert? And it's, a, it's an advert of, 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 of these toys that are beating drums. And, and they all have not very good batteries. Remember that? So someone goes, and suddenly, suddenly someone starts, and they kind of run out, and then the next one, and he kind of runs out. And literally, it goes all the way along, there's only one left. And that is the battery called Energy. It caused it to go on and on and on. Remember that? On. And that's like really the Spirit of God in us. He enables us to energise us so that we're able to go on and on and on and on. It's the Holy Spirit in us that's energising us to fulfil His purpose and His will. That's what that word means, to energise, to enable us, to empower us to do the will and purpose of God. But as we to see, although there is God working in us, how many realise there are also other forces at work to try to de-energise us? To stop us, to prevent us, to hinder God working in us. Let's look at the first one. Romans chapter 7, verse 5. Here we see this, this word energise again, but it's really looking from a negative conscience, concept. <laughs> Romans 7, verse 5. Did I say that? Did I say that, Sid? Yeah, okay. Just see if you're away. <laughs> For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were, as we see the word, were at work, or were energising our members to bear fruit to death. Now, when we think of sin... We often tend to think of it of, of what we say. Oh, why did I say that? Or why did I do that? But we're here we're told that sin actually creates an energy within us. It works in us. It, it, it operates. It creates power in us. So when sins in your life that you don't confess that you don't deal with, that you don't 
allow the blood of Jesus to cleanse you from, it doesn't kind of disappear, but it's working in you. It's operating, it's working in you. It's creating something in you. Let me give you an example. Unforgiveness, for example. We don't deal with unforgiveness. How many realise, and you can know this from your own experience, that when you don't forgive, it leaves something in you that actually creates after itself. In other words, when you don't forgive, you then find yourself, it creates more unforgiveness. You don't forgive somebody else and it grows in you. And you don't forgive other people. It's, it's almost an energy in you that's growing and growing. And it creates bitterness inside you. It's a force in you that's working in you, that's propelling and creating after itself. So, where we don't forgive, unforgiveness creates more unforgiveness. And more unforgiveness creates more unforgiveness. And it deepens and it grows. The Bible speaks about a bitter root. What's a root? A root is something that grows and develops inside us. Is that right? Give me the same if so maybe something like envy. You know, you get envious of someone and suddenly you find that envy inside you growing. The more envious you get of them, the more it grows. The more it overwhelms you. The more you think about it. The more anger grows inside you. Because anger is working within you, growing and propelling in your life. How many would say that? And so it's, a, it's something, it's a force within us that hinders and stops the work of the Spirit that's trying to work in you to help you to fulfill the purpose and the will of God for your life. Can you say amen? There's something else here. Ephesians 2, verse 2. Again, the word work. From a negative side. Verse 2, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who works in sons of disobedience. So we have sin. That's a negative force that's trying to work in us. The second force that's working against us are powers of darkness, demonic powers, the devil, that's working, that's, that's trying to work in us. And almost, I think one of the works the enemy does, and this is, this, that's all the words, and I just think this the other day, one of the, the major works, I, this is my particular view, is I think he often overwhelms people, comes over people with apathy. Haven't you found that? It's like a wet blanket that just seems to boom, come on people. And you, what happens when you're under apathy? Let's think about this. What does it do? It takes away your energy to do the things for God. It's almost, oh, I can't be bothered. Don't want to do it. I just haven't got the energy to do it. You know what I'm talking about? Ever had that apathy come over you? And you just don't feel you've got any energy to do what God wants you to do. It, it robs you of of energy and enthusiasm. And often I believe the enemy comes with apathy. Like a blanket. Isaiah speaks of the spirit of heaviness. Is that right? That comes over. That's why I love to put on the garments of praise. Can you say amen? That comes against the spirit of heaviness. And so we're told here that the powers of darkness are working against us to push us down, to hold us down. 
And the Greek word there is the word energia, which means to energize, to rouse into activity. And what the enemy is doing, he tries to rouse into activity disobedience and sin in us. That's what he's doing. He's trying to rise up in us. He's trying to cause disobedience to rise up in you. He's trying to arouse you to sin, trying to arouse you to disobey. That's what he's doing. That's what he's working in. Creating that energy, creating that against you. And so the moment we, we, we allow that, that work of the enemy to, to work in us, it opens a gateway. And we end up in bondage and end up being controlled and ruled by, by, the, by the things of the enemy. Because that's what's energised. That's, that's, what, that's what we've allowed to work in us. Can you see that? Look at Romans 8. This, here's the good stuff. Romans 8, 1 to 2. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, can you say amen, who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. That's the key. But the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. You see what I'm saying here? Jesus doesn't condemn you because of your struggles. Can you say amen? But I want to see that there's a law at work. It's the law of sin and death. That's what it says. The law of sin and death. And here's, I think, what happens to some... You know why a lot of Christians are so miserable? Sometimes you can have too much of God to enjoy the world. Too much of the world to enjoy God. Is that right? So we end up right in between miserable. But another reason why a lot of people, Christians, are miserable is because they're trying to struggle and overcome things in their own flesh and their own power. It's just kind of sheer willpower, gritted teeth. And they try to overcome things by, the, by their own ability, by their own strength, by their own sheer human will. And there's the issue. The more they try not to sin the more they find themselves sinning. Because they're trying to overcome it and deal with it in their own power and their own strength. But this is what the Bible tells me. It tells me the way I rule over it is to live under the power of life in Christ Jesus. There are two laws at work. The law of sin and death or the law of life in Christ Jesus. The issue is, is what law I activate in my life. If I'm trying to fight it in my own flesh, my own power, I end up just being totally defeated and then I get miserable and then at the end of the day I get to a point where I say, I might as well just give way to it because I'll never overcome it. I'll never deal with that issue in my life. I'll never overcome it. And so we just give way to it. Surrender to it. And it just becomes a normal part of our life because we feel we can never overcome it and we can never deal with it. And the point is, in your own power and your own flesh, you can't. But I'm here to tell you there's another law at work. The law of life in Christ Jesus. You think about it. The law of gravity exists. Like her or not, gravity exists. It's there. It's a law at work. It doesn't suddenly go or disappear. But there's a greater law. It's the law of lift. And the law of lift overcomes the law of gravity. 
It enables you to rise above, to take off. Oh, it doesn't remove gravity, it overcomes the law of gravity. And this is what I'm saying to you this morning. There is a law at work called the law of sin and death. But there's a greater law at work. It's the law of life in Christ Jesus. And the issue is, is what law I yield to. Because the law in life in Christ Jesus is greater than the law of sin and death. More powerful, more effective, far greater. Look at Ephesians 3. See, I've got to activate the law of life in Christ Jesus to live a life of victory. Ephesians chapter 3. Verse 16. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. How many love this one? To be strengthened with might. Hallelujah. How many are facing something and you feel weak in yourself to deal with it? I've got good news. Strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you may be rooted and grounded in love. Go down to verse 20 for time's sake. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly above all we ask or think. Get a hold of this. It's the last phrase there. What's it based on? What's it according to? It's according to what? To the power that works in us. That's what it's based on. That's what it's according to. It's according to the power that works in us. And Paul's praying that we would have a revelation of the power that's available to us. And the real key is to have a revelation of the power that lurks within us. The power within us is greater than the power that comes from sin or the demonic powers. Amen? I love to sometimes go to Gatwick or Heathrow and when you get there. Doesn't it amaze you? I'm I'm staggered when I think about it. Ever looked at a jumbo jet? Or a 737? You look at it and the thing that staggers you, how on earth is that thing going to take off? Ever thought about that? I'm going on that plane in a minute. How is that going to get off the ground? I look at it, it's so huge and the wings are massive. How possibly is that thing ever going to take off? Because it's so... So huge. I remember the first time I ever went on a plane was, in fact, I was going to Toronto during that time. I, Toronto. Went, and you know what? The, you know what it was, it was at, it, I was flying with Indian Airlines, actually. And it was called Halikrishna. That's what the airplane was called, Halikrishna. That was the name of the plane. And I'm thinking, you know, how is this thing really going to take off, sort of thing? But you look at Jumbo Jet, you think, how does it take off? You know why it takes off? Because it has the power of lift. And the power of lift, when it, when it pushes it forward, as long as that plane is, is, is in momentum, it will always overcome the law of gravity. As long as it's continuing. It's not us in the plane thinking, come on, we've got to overcome the gravity. Come on, everybody. Join together, everybody. You know, let's push harder. We've got to get this plane. Keep it going. You know, can you imagine the pilot said to you, okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, 
We need a bit more power now. Can you all get together and just, I know, let's all speak things, let's all hold our hands up, and let's give the plane a bit of momentum going. You just rest in that plane, and that plane will carry you to your destination. And that's what I'm talking about this morning. We're saying, Lord, I just want to allow you, I want to cooperate with your spirit to enable me to overcome and to live a life of victory that is mine in Christ Jesus. We don't deny the law of sin and death, but we live under a greater law, the law of life in Christ Jesus. And here's the key. We've got to activate the Holy Spirit within us to flow more powerfully through us. Can you say amen? That's what we've got to do. It says in verse 20 again, it's according to the power that's at work in us. The issue is, is what we are full of is what the power that works in us is. What if I'm full of bitterness? What if I'm full of unforgiveness? What if I'm full of negativity? It's according to the power that's at work in me. So if that's the power that works in me, that's the power that's going to dominate my life. That's what's going to control my thoughts. That's what's going to control my conversations. That's what's going to control my behaviour. That's what's going to control the way I act. The way you act, what you say, what you do, is all according to the power that's at work in you. Amen? Imagine what happens when you're filled with the power of God. Because that's the power that works in you. And if that's the power that works in you, that's the power that controls your, your conversation. That's the power that controls your, your actions. That's the power that controls your thought life. That's the, con- that's the power that, that controls the things that you say and the things that you do. It's all according to the power that works in us. Can you say amen? And those who are filled with the power of God, as it says, is what he's able to do. If you're filled with that power, it will enable you to do all above what you imagine or what you think. Isn't that wonderful? You're not limited by, by the circumstances, by the situations of life, because it's not according to the power in you, it's according to the power of him that's working in and through you to achieve the purpose of God. Now, here's what I want, to, here's what I want to bring you to, really. I think that power that's working within us, as we said, the word means to stir up. We've got to stir that power in us. Ever gravy, ladies? And you've got to stir it. Stir up the granules, stir it up. That's what the Bible says. Stir up. Stir up the fire in you. And I want to give you some ways and means which you can stir up the power and the fire within you. Can you say amen? Here's the first way you can stir it up. Let me say stir it up. Here's the first way you can stir those things up. Some of the stuff maybe I found personally it's a good it's enabled me to stir up the power of God within me. Let me just show you a verse. I'll tell you that's what we do. We'll start there so you don't think I'm some heretic or something. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4. Because I think one way I found personally a way to stir up the spirit within me is to speak in tongues. I found this an incredible way to help stir up the, the power of God in me. What Paul says, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4, verse 4. He 
who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. And that word edify means to recharge. How many want to recharge your batteries? That's what it means to recharge, to renew, to charge up your dead batteries. I found that time and time again where I feel weak and unable in myself to, 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 to maybe to face something. I found, or if I feel overwhelmed and discouraged, I found one of the ways to rise, that, to rise up in me is to pray in the Holy Spirit, to pray in tongues. It edifies, it builds me up. You know, I came from a, a background really that didn't really believe in that for a lot of years. That's for a lot of years I didn't. But the one verse that kind of changed it for me was this. If you go down verse 20, this is what Paul said. He said, I speak in tongues more than you all. I thought to myself, he's writing here to a church that was actually, had got totally, if you like, had got, it, 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 become, it, it abused it. It, it, got over, it got over the top of it. It became abusive. And Paul was writing to them, if you like, to, to get it back in, 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 into, in, into, into the right place, the right order. So here's a church that speaks in tongues a lot. And he says, think about this, so I speak in tongues more than any of you. Which means, that if he spoke in tongues more than them, it must have been, how many would say, it's more than a lot. And Paul's encouraging. Sometimes we read things and we see from a bit, he's saying, look, prophecy is awesome, that's what we're aiming for, but speaking in tongues, you build yourself up. And we say that there's nothing wrong with building yourself up, because you need to edify yourself to build yourself up, to face often the things that life throws at us. As I found that personally, and I think it's a, a biblical principle to enable us, to, you know, that when you're losing power, room is a good way to pull yourself back up again, amen? To pull on that throttle and pull yourself up again, to start praying in tongues, praying in Sometimes people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but then, as the years go by, they begin to kind of decrease from it and, and move away from it. I think it's something we need to do personally. I found in my own life something that I need to, to do every day to build myself up, to edify myself. How many found there's so much out there to discourage you? Is that right? So many negative things that often come against our life. This is a great way to recharge your batteries. Can you say amen? And that's why God says it's a great thing to do. Cooperating with the Holy Spirit to enable God. Here's the second thing. Having an attitude of praise. Go back to, to Philippians 2, verse 13. And it's kind of interesting when you see this. It's God who works in us. But then he goes right down. We see something which I kind of thought, wow, he's going almost totally off a different direction. Look at verse 13. We've just read this. For it is God who works in us, both to will and do his for his will and to do good, for his good pleasure, then suddenly says, do all things without complaining or disputing. Well, all things, not a few things. In other words, he's saying, it's God who works in you, but don't stop that, that God working in you by complaining and moaning. Because complaining and moaning will always pull you down. Is that right? Have you benefited any time you've complained or moaned about something, has it changed it? Come on, has it changed it? Do you feel better for it? Do you think, hallelujah, I feel so much better than I've moaned and complained about that. I feel so spiritually great. 
I feel so much spiritually better now I've had a good moan and a good complaint. I feel absolutely really spiritually energised. Now you feel quite the opposite. Because there's a thing, you can't stop yourself. You start complaining about one thing, and then you think, well, what about that as well? Oh, what about that? And what about this? And what about that? What about this? It's almost something that overtakes you. It overwhelms you. And you get more and more discouraged, more and more down. So I tell you what's going to lift you up. It's praise and appreciation. Just thank God for every little thing he does in your life. Build a spirit of appreciation in you. Appreciate every little thing God does. I read about one guy that the woman gave him back by accident an extra penny. Anyway, thank you Lord for the penny. Truth is, if you thank God for the small things, you're more liable to appreciate the big things. Is that right? I'd encourage you, why don't you spend this week and say, Lord, this week, I'm not going to complain about anything. I'm not going to put this one. There's no complaint. Not one word of complaining is going to come from my mouth. And I'm going to thank you and praise you for every little thing you do throughout this week. You know what? I think our lives would change. A whole atmosphere around us would change. Your life would just be transformed just through that that one little thing. Because David, that's what God's saying. I'm doing a great work in you, so don't moan and complain. Amen? How can you moan and complain when I'm doing a great work in you? If I'm doing a great work in you, appreciate it. Be thankful. Be grateful. So I can work more and more in you. Can you say amen? Went quiet for that one. (laughs) Here's the next one, and this is a good one. Galatians 5, verse 6. Tune in to, to, to the voice of the Holy Spirit. That energizes you. That empowers you. Galatians 5, 6. For in Christ Jesus there is neither circumcision, and we're glad of that one, nor uncircumcision, avails anything but faith working through love. In other words, you hear, as you hear and act in faith, as you obey what the Holy Spirit is impressing and, and wanting you to do in your life, you feel strengthened and empowered. How many have found that? Obedience empowers you. It strengthens you. Disobedience weakens you. But obedience strengthens you and energizes you to do more and more of the will of God. Here's the next thing. and I call this the I can attitude. Well known scripture. Philippians 4 verse 13. I'm sure we all know this one. I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. That's me. I can do all things. Say that again. I can do all things. Now that doesn't mean you can run a, a four-minute mile. I can do all things. You know, I think the guy who actually did the, uh, the film, what was it, uh, Chariots of Fire, he says, when I run, he says, I feel the pleasure of God. That's what he says. I don't think I've ever found that when I've run. <laughs> I felt just really, I can't wait to get to the end of it. I can't honestly say, I've never really felt the pleasures of God when I'm running. But for him, that was what God called him and directed him to do. What that, if it, I think it says in the message, I can do everything he asks me to do. 
So everything God asks you to do, you can do it through Christ or the power that works in you. You can do it. We are so full of I can't, we never actually say I can. God says to you, can you go and witness that person? And what comes out of you is fear. I can't do that. I can't say that. I can't say this and that to that person. God calls you to do a certain ministry. I could never do that. I haven't got the ability. I haven't got the talents. I haven't got the, the, the conversation. And so often we're, we're so full of I can't, but it limits us in life. Because I can't so often comes more of our, out of our mouth than I can. I think if you look back on Paul's life, if you realise, you look back, all the churches he founded, all the miracles he saw, all the things that took place in his life, he'd realise it's only because of this very thing. Whatever he challenged he faced, he says, I can do it. If God has called me to do it, I can do everything through Christ who strengthens me. And I'd encourage that to be your confession. Instead of saying, I can't do it, and think of 101 reasons why you can't do it, why not say, I can do it? I can do because Christ empowers me and, and stirs me to do it. I can do it. God's called me to do it, and no matter how big the challenge is, how impossible it seems, I can do it. And I tell you what, if we kind of develop that attitude, you're going to ignite the Spirit of God in you. You're going to see it stirred up within you. When you start making your confession... I can do it. You think about it. Who's told you you can't do it? Who told you that? Who told you you can't do it? It was either your own limited thinking saying it or the enemy saying it. Because if God says you could do it, then that means you can do it. You say, amen? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So I encourage you, develop I can attitude. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let me close with this one. Let me close this. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13. I haven't got time to go into this very much but you can just see it and read you go back. 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 13. For the reason we also thank God without ceasing because when you received the word of God which you heard from us you welcomed it not as the word of men but as it is in truth the word of God which also notice this effectively works in you who believe there it is right there the word of God you get filled with the word you spend time meditating on the word and it's going to empower you I haven't got time to go into it but it says in Hebrews that that because they didn't mix the word with faith and they didn't believe it, they never received it into their life. They didn't believe the word. They didn't accept it. They didn't believe the word. And because they didn't believe the word, it never worked in them. So as you begin to have faith and believe the word of the living God, it's going to work effectively in you. Can you say amen? It's going to stir you up. The Bible says this, the Spirit of God, it brooded over the deep. But the moment the word was given, the spirit was moved into action. And it's the same with us. As we speak the word, as we believe the word, 
It's stirred up into action. It begins to work in us. His word will not return unto him void, but will accomplish the reason why he sent it to do. And that word there, works, which is the word of God, uh, will not return to him void, actually means every word has power in it. Jesus said, the words I speak to you are spirit and they are life. They have power. They have energy in those words to produce what they say. This is not just the thought of, of men. This is not just the word, words of men. This is the word of the living God. And because it's the word of the living God, there's power in it. Amen. We've just got to believe it and trust it and act upon it and declare it. Confess it to your circumstances. When you're facing contrary circumstances, don't give way to those things and say, Lord, this is what my circumstances say, but I'm going to declare this is what your word says. Because listen, Whatever you declare from your mouth actually is ultimately is what's going to work in you. So if I declare the word of God into overwhelming circumstances, contrary circumstances, I begin to declare that word, hold on to that word, believe that word, act on that word, it's going to energize me and empower me. Instead of to be overwhelmed by the circumstances, what? To rise up and fly. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength and they will rise up on eagle's wings. They're going to rise up as that word gets inside you. Let's stand as we just come forward, Lord, right now in these moments. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 23, verse 29. His word is not my word, says the Lord, like a fire. How many know in fire there's energy there? Amen. It's like a fire that burns in you. It ignites something in you. And I pray this morning, the word of the Lord will ignite something in you. And will cause you to rise up. Instead of being held down, overwhelmed, living in defeat, constantly going through cycles of life, suddenly... Something is stirred. Something is aroused in you that causes you to rise up. And you rise up in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Why don't you lift your hands to the Lord today? Say, Lord, today, it's according to the power that's at work within me. So right where you are, say, Lord, fill me. Fill me afresh. Fill me anew with your spirit. Fill me afresh with your power. According to the power, Lord, fill me. Just spend a few minutes, Lord, fill me. I need your spirit. I need you. Fill me to overflowing right now, Lord. Fill me. Fill me to overflowing. Fill me to overflowing. And I'm going to do the things that that stir up you within me. Maybe God speak to us to maybe get back to praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. For others, get the word inside us. For others, no more complaining. No more moaning. But you're going to make a new declaration of your life. I can do all things. Whatever he's called me to do, and I can do it. Because of the power that's at work within me. Hallelujah. Father, I pray right now. We come before you this morning. And I pray, Lord, afresh and anew, fill us. Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Lord, we know that we can't do things in our own power and strength. We, we see our own weakness, our own vulnerabilities. 
But Lord, today we, we thank you that the, the power that raised Christ from the dead is now at work in us. Thank you, the greatest demonstration of your power is at work in us. And Lord, we want to stir up the, the Spirit of God in us. We want to stir up the Spirit to enable us, to empower us, to do those things according to your good pleasure. Lord, there's a world that's broken. There's a world that's hurting. There's a world that's, that's destroying itself, that's tearing itself apart. And Lord, thank you that you have given us the power again to reach out and to touch the broken and the hurting. We can't do it in our energy. We can't do it in our power. But Lord, we thank you for the power that works within us, that enables us, that empowers us to reach the hurting and the broken, that enables us to do what we cannot naturally do. Oh Lord, just stir that up within us, we pray. And we would say today that we would give you all the praise, all the honour and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.